0: All right, joining us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, he's our good friend, David Locke. Uh, hi, David, how are you doing? Good, Jake, how are you? I'm great. You uh, you coming down to the Valley, go to Elton
1: tonight? I am not. Uh, I just landed in uh, San Jose. I'm seeing my parents for a few days. Oh, very um, nice. But I, I, I'm double digits Elton shows. Wow, really? Um, he is by far my favorite artist ever. Um, One of the highlights of my life Was uh, Jim Morales Was the program director At Kissin' 97 When we were at 570 KISN Back in the old Salt Lake radio days And he had a Elton John album On his wall Signed And I used to just ask for it Like every day Like you know how those record guys Used to always have that Mm -hmm. So Elton's coming to Salt Lake. This is probably in '94 five, and he says, "Hey, do you have time tomorrow?" Before um, what time are you off? And I was like, "I'm doing, you know, I think I was doing noon to two or something." He's like, "Okay, hey, do you think you could be at the arena at five thirty to meet Elton?" Wow. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, he's like, I got two passes for you for the Elton meet and greet. I called my best friend from college because we listened to more. Like we, you know, like the amount of Elton that was listened to at that period of time was absurd. And so he actually drove from San Francisco, like on cue, um, called in sick, and we went to and met Elton John. I have a poster. I have a picture of me shaking hands with Elton John in my office. Uh, Gordon will relate to this. So when I was program director of the radio station when we were, I guess, 1320K fan at the time, um, uh, I was told I had to go on vacation um, because I was working too much and not going on vacation. I didn't really know what to do, so I went and toured with Elton. All right. So I saw Elton in L.A., San Francisco, Twice, maybe Portland and Seattle, all like within a week. I just kind of like went with Elton on tour. So, you know, David, I, I, was, an El- I was an Elton groupie I, I, <laughs> I, I in Vegas twice.
2: That is one of the things that's been in the far reaches of my mind that I have not thought of until you just mentioned it. I remember that. And yeah. OK, so now I got to know which of all his catalog of songs is your favorite.
1: Oh, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatters is high up there. Um, Tiny dancer's great. Um, I mean, the cla- I mean, like when you consider that your song was written, I think nineteen sixty-seven. It's pretty incredible. Um, and then some of his Lion King stuff was great. I just, I'm just a fan. Uh, and I, you know, and I like some of his terrible stuff too because I. The same way I feel about you two and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like I love these artists that actually tried stuff and were bad at some point. Like, I mean some of that Kiki D stuff is just awful. Um, but like at least he tried it. So, um you know, and at the time I also one of my favorite um like one of my favorite interviews of him of all time was when he was like, someone asked him about the confusion that his sexuality brought to him in life. He's like, I've never been confused about that and it was just at the time it was actually this kind of very poignant question. I think we may understand it a lot better now, but I remember that when he, from a political standpoint, when he said that, it was a big moment and just kind of something that like the interviewer clearly had no understanding of what he was asking. And he was really openly willing to express himself in a way that others didn't. So I thought that it was, you know, I like him. I'm, I'm a fan. I really like I, him. I'm not, go- I'm not going tonight. I felt uh, quite frankly that the ticket prices were pretty outrageous and that I'd seen him enough times and I didn't know that I needed my last memory to be of him if i want to go see him someplace it probably was you know one more time i went down to vegas a few years ago and saw that show
2: so um, did you guys see rocket man
0: yeah i thought it was good
1: I you know it's the craziest thing is i haven't seen it yet like for whatever reason it's just like i'm dying to see it and i just have i never came out and it just didn't click um for my schedule to go see it i should have like i had three or four opportunities and the kids and wife want to go see other things, and I never just took myself and went and saw it yet, so I will at some point this summer. There,
2: I don't want to ruin it for you, but there is a line in there when somebody in the music business, forgive me if I'm screwing this up a little bit, but somebody in the music business heard uh, your song, and he said, I haven't heard a song like that since Let It Be.
1: I thought. I mean, it really... Was I think it's... I, think it's that, I mean, I think it's one of the greats of all time, like... It still holds today and it's really old
0: let's talk a little basketball david donovan mitchell over in china with team usa how much do you think he can play this experience to his benefit
1: oh i think all of it's to his benefit um you know i think um actually it was bill simmons who had like a great tweet right yesterday um which Rudy Gobert may or may not have liked um which was about Devin Booker like Devin Booker can like sit around and complain that some five foot seven guys double teaming him you know while these guys are playing an overtime game with the fear of God that they're going to lose as the United States of America to Turkey I mean it's terrible it's it's a it's a huge statement of where we are in our sports and and I think there's a bigger topic to be discussed here but um We shouldn't be losing that. Coming close to losing that game, we really lost it twice and somehow won. That shouldn't be happening. But I thought the fact that they, you know, he had to go through it, and frankly, Donovan makes a few terrible plays late, and those are amazing experiences. And hopefully, you know, hopefully he learns from it. But they, there are opportunities to learn, and there's not a lot of opportunities to learn if you're not there.
2: Okay, so this is kind of a dumb question, but I'll ask you anyway, David. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, how? How good can he be, and what are the limits there? Have you settled on any expectation for him? I know it's something we just sort of take for granted, and everybody thinks he's going to be great and all this stuff. He already is terrific. Where's the limit?
1: So I kind of go both ways in this, Gordon. Like my natural instinct is I, I I think I find myself always trying to bring it down a little bit. Like, uh, you know. I always hate, like, every player we ever project to be, like, a superstar, right? Like, you know, some guys are going to be Lionel Simmons. And, like, who's Lionel Simmons? Well, he was a college player of the year, was the seventh pick, and turned out to not be very good. Like, that, that's a lot of players. But So I always am one who, you know, when the projections start, I, I get a little nervous. The, the other angle is he's really special. Um, who he is as a person is really special. Uh, the wiggle he has is, is magnificent. Um, his ability to put the ball in the basket uh, the burden that was placed on him the last two years and his ability to have some success under that burden is unprecedented. Um, there's never been a player in the second year of the NBA who was a 20 point a game scorer without a second score that won 50 games. LeBron didn't do it. Carmelo didn't do it. None of these guys did it. Um, uh, the burden that's been placed on him the last two years to, with a chance of failure was so high and he didn't fail. So I think he's really special. Um, you know, I, I if people remember Allen Iverson, I think he has that scoring capability. Um, I do think he's a, he does remind me, this is not Eric Gordon had a bunch of injuries, but he reminds me a lot of about L.A. Clipper Eric Gordon, and he's turned out to be better than him. Uh, Eric Gordon was really good. I think people have forgotten that. Um, so I don't know who he is per se, but I do think he's going to be one of the elite scorers in the league. And, you know, I think he's just going to be playing a different game. Last year, his shot distribution was just awful. Uh, he took the second most amount of shots in the – paint non-restricted area and he shot the lowest percentage of just about anyone in the top 50 players in the league. I think Josh Jackson out of Phoenix actually shot worse, but that's about it of the guys who took the 50 most. But, you know, then you start looking around. Well, you know, they weren't guarding Derek Favors and they weren't guarding Jay Crowder and they weren't guarding Ricky Rubio. And so he didn't really have a lot of choices. And frankly, if he did do the Nash dribble where he dribbles out through it, well, that's, one, that's not really his game because he's coming on a different angle. And two, there wasn't anyone to throw the pass to. I talked on Locked on Jazz today about the just insane numbers that I stumbled upon yesterday on what Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors, and Jay Crowder shot on passes from Donovan Mitchell last year. I, I, I will reserve, I will stop talking about how many floaters he took last year until he has shooters around him that can shoot, as he will this year, and then see if he stops taking them because he may have taken them because there was nothing else for him to do.
0: David Locke with us. And, uh, David, kind of a general NBA question for you, but Gordon and I were up at uh, uh, up in Ogden on Monday at Wasatch Kia, and we ran into uh, our boy James, who was a passionate Houston Rockets fan, and we uh, chatted with him for a while before the show. And uh, he, uh, well, we asked him the question, is it going to work with Harden and Westbrook, and he gave us a very passionate yes. What's your thoughts on that? Is that going to work? I think
1: so. Uh, first I think James Harden is way better than we're remembering. I think that's the first thing is that like everyone is kind of thinking that somehow this is going to hurt James Harden. And I don't think it is. He's just that great. Um, and then if we believe Donovan Mitchell is going to get better with shooting, why don't we think Russell Westbrook's going to get better with shooting? Uh, you know, he's been surrounded by Andre Robertson, Terrence Ferguson, Stephen Adams, and Jeremy Grant. Now he's going to have Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, and you know, Eddie out How- or whatever, Daniel house. um, and James Harden. So I think Russell Westbrook will be uh, a lot better uh, efficiently for the Rockets. Um, if I had to make a pick right now for number one seed in the West, I think I would probably go Rockets as my most likely, Jazz as my next most likely, and Denver as my next most likely after that. I just with the latest reports on how long Paul George could be out with his shoulder injury and how much Kawhi Leonard will need to do some. Uh, load management, I don't think the Clippers will be the number one seed. They may win it, but they may will not be the number one seed. And I think the Rockets are the most likely team to be the number one seed.
2: Do you guys remember, it, it, this was a long, long time ago, it was a ketchup commercial where the ketchup was trying to move its way out of the bottle as it was tipped and the song uh anticipation was playing in the background does this
1: ring any bells was this like i mean my dad was in marketing in nineteen 1950s <laughs> do i need to ask him about it? he's sitting right next to me
2: i bet he would remember the commercial I, I in fact ask him right now david ask him
1: you remember something about a catch-up commercial where the catch-up was coming out of the bottle for the song anticipation he says a little bit, okay, Gordon. A little bit. Well, okay. Here's my. He thinks he, Gordon. He thinks it was the '60s or '70s that that commercial came out. Nice work, Jake. How old are you? I am
0: uh, 38.
1: Okay, Gordon, you had a chance to span like two decades between me and Gord between me and Jake. I'm 10 years older than Jake. You could have done it, and you didn't.
2: Well, not that old. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here's the point. Of all the things that you were talking about earlier and maybe something outside of that, what are you most anticipating with the Jazz this coming season?
1: I just can't wait. To, I mean, I'm just excited to see the pick and roll with Bogdanovich and Ingles spread and Conley or Mitchell coming off a of Gobert pick. And I'm just, I just am curious to see what teams do to defend. And um, I think the answer is that they're going to stick on the shooters and that they're going to force... Conley and Donovan to play a two-on-two with a big dropping and they're going to have to figure out how to to make plays out of it and it's going to be interesting to watch and take some creativity but um, we're not going to see people sagging off of all the shooters and getting in the way of the pick and roll anymore and we're going to see space Um, I'm excited, you know, I got a few. I'm really excited to see Mike Conley off the ball. Britton Johnson and I did an interview this week, and today's topic was largely about that. Just, this is a totally different world for Mike Conley. Mike Conley has been surrounded by Tayshawn Prince and Tony Allen and Avery Bradley and Garrett Temple, and it hasn't been since 2011 that Mike Conley played with a wing scorer, and it was Rudy Gay, who shot 39% that year. So, I mean, the idea of it, Mike Conley is going to be able to get the ball on the weak side of the floor off an advantage created by Donovan Mitchell. is just an amazing thing for Mike Conley. Now, can he do it? I don't know. Like, maybe he's going to hate that. Maybe Mike Conley's going to think this sucks to play without the ball. And for all we know, he's, he's going to be miserable doing it. I don't know. I mean, there's just, there's parts to it. Um, I'm curious to watch Bogdanovich every day. I think he's a lot better player than we. Then we really know because he was an Eastern Conference player. I've come back and watched a few Pacer games, but I think he's pretty good. And then the final one is I just, you know, I'm just totally in the bag for Rudy. I think he's the best, you know, one of the ten best players in the league, and I, I think there's a chance he could average 18 points and 16 rebounds and win his third straight defensive player of the year and be an MVP. If we're close to number one seed, he'll be an MVP candidate by the end of the year.
0: David, thank you so very much as always. Enjoy spending a little quality time with the parents, man. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Talk to you soon.
0: Go on. All right, there you go. David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.